Hello and welcome to the Hooked On Podcast. Here at the Hooked On Podcast, we explore topics such as parenting, birth, breastfeeding, women's health, spirituality and home education. The Hooked On Podcast is published weekly on Wednesday afternoons and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. And we're once again hooked on home education. Fiona Mulcahy and I'm your host here at the Hooked On Podcast. I am a home birthing, breastfeeding, home educating, nature loving yogi and mom of four children. My guest today is Heather Rice. Again, Heather is a photographer, artist, published author, clearer, breastfeeding counsellor and home educating mother of five children. So you're very welcome back again, Heather. So lovely to have you for our third part in this series on home education. So for this segment, I thought it'd be interesting to dive into kind of how choosing home education has shaped you as a person. Maybe we could start off with how you found time for yourself or or your passions um, when your kids were younger and as they grew. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, Fiona, it really is trying to find time yourself no matter what you do in life. Uh, I think the modern, modern world fills all gaps and trying to etch back what you want to do yourself is, is, is a really challenge. Um, in the very early days, when my kids were little, I just used to love having a bath on my own. You know, so if, if there was a, the youngest, particularly if it was a baby, daddy or big sister would have small person and I'd climb into the bath for half an hour on my own. Um, and they'd eventually bring baby into me. And that was my own time. It was a small, but it was just peace and quiet and calm. I think on a busy, busy day, my, my ex-husband travelled a lot. There was a time where I was home educating or parenting on my own for maybe two, three weeks at a stretch. Um, and I don't have local support family. Um, so I really was very much on my own. So it was pacing myself. It was making sure I didn't take on too much if it was very busy. And I like to have everything pre-prepared. So if I commit to doing something, I will not be a last minute deadline person. I know my my co-leaders would, would laugh. At, you know, if you ask me to do something, you need to ask me a week in advance and I will do it. If you ask me two hours in advance, I'll help if I can. But, you know, I'm, I'm my life's quite full, so I'll do things in in an organized way in my own head, if that makes sense. Um, so th- I would have found nature very important to me, getting out with children. Um, it's almost as good as time on my own, because when you're walking slowly in a woods, yes, you're responding to their needs and you're maybe picking little people up or sitting to feed somebody, but you're really getting that chance to connect and recharge. I think if you're feeling tired or there's a lot of energy of people bouncing off each other no matter what the weather chuck everybody outside go out with them um like that gardening i would have found that very therapeutic going up and growing vegetables having a polytunnel um or talking to my hens going up and getting some eggs and chatting up the hens um little simple things i think probably 
occasionally doing something very different without children was nice. But I didn't reach to that much of that when they were very small. I did a pottery course when my, el- my eldest was about five and my youngest was about two. It was for six weeks and I made, I think I made five of the six weeks. But I realised it was probably putting more pressure on me and on them than the benefit of doing it. Um, reading, I always loved reading, so I'd read things I liked, not just what they liked. Children will listen to most things as long as they're, they're okay for them. Um, and so reading, 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 and that would give everyone a calm down time, a sit down time. Mm. It's interesting because there, there are a lot of the things I do. Well, not the baths. I don't tend. To, I, I did have a bath with my six month old last week, and it was so amazing. I loved it. But um, the the getting out into nature, it's it's one of our go tos. We have a dog, so that is, it's our excuse. She needs to be walked, but we actually all need it. And you feel so much better after it. You know, it might be a few complaints, but once everyone is there, you can stop, you can climb a tree and they can have a little play. And it's, yeah, it's just so, it's therapy, really. Um, And then the gardening as well. Yeah, like there's so many things. I suppose I personally feel that I went through a phase of feeling that I needed to be away from the kids, but now I don't feel that anymore. It's more like, because we're not rushing rushing all the time it's not like I'm looking for pockets of me time without them it's like I'm finding things that fill my cup with them there like that you know reading and um going to the forest but yeah I suppose it it changes as they grow then you have more time you suddenly realize actually I can go and do this Zumba class that evening or whatever you know like something that's you can reach to a little bit more as they as they grow yeah, you, you can, although then they grow a bit more and then they need driving lots of places in the evenings. So good luck to your Zumba class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm hanging out for that. Like maybe in a couple of months might start back doing that. But yeah, yeah, they'll need lifts places. It keeps Funny. evolving. They're, they're, mm. Their days and their times change and your life changes. But I think as long as you can go with the flow and you can keep yourself topped up in, in your, your needs and making sure you're you're well looked after. I remember recently I was with one of my older children um, and we were with somebody who had small children and they brought snacks. And my child looked at me and said, when did you stop bringing snacks for us? Can you go back to doing it? Oh my God, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smarties and we'll count them. <laughs> um, and... And then, you know, in, the, in, in, in more recent years, I suppose you've got into different things still while having, um, you know, your children at home, you still have, you know, um, your, I suppose your youngest and your second youngest on the weekends and stuff still. But um, so you've gotten into other things as well, like your photography and your, your, your published author of eight books. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how, did, how that happened and... Um, do you think that your home, like their, your way of life enabled that? Yeah, well, I, I always love taking photographs. You know, my, my father, my mother, um, my grandmother, we've, cameras have always been in the family. And I've always loved taking pictures of my kids. But as they started getting a bit older, um, and I really needed, a lot, lot of my life changed, and I just needed something to kind of nourish myself, I found getting out with the camera in nature really helped me. Uh, I could potter around with the camera and dogs and children could run around and I'd, I'd chase, you know, squirrels or mushrooms or whatever, whatever I was looking, looking at that day. 
um, and that helped me. So I started building up a bank of photographs. I joined a camera club, um, which was really nice to see adults. A lot of the things I do, um, my breastfeeding work, my home education, often is mostly women with their children. And it was nice to have just a mix of people and of ages, not just childbearing aged women, but to have elderly and young, male, female. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And it led to me gathering more and more pictures and thinking, what am I going to do with them? Uh, during the first lockdown, day one, I crocheted a little avocado and I made a little poster and I made A's for avocado, this little little meme. And I put it up like, a, like an old fashioned um, alphabet book. And then I did B's, I think, banana. Um, and after a number of days, I was sharing these a few places and I was getting great feedback from people. Like, oh, you should make it into a book. We love it. And then some of them were messaging me saying, oh, I'm in Australia and you haven't posted your letter for today. I can't go to bed till you do. <laughs> uh, another one in Ireland who I, I'm giving myself an ice cream if I get the right thing. Um, okay, you know, so it, it became, it was entertaining a whole, I, I, you know, what it started to what it became was funny. So I moved on. My first alphabet was of edible things. I then moved on to an animal alphabet because they were so sad it was ending and it entertained them. It gave them something to look forward to at a time we were on lockdown. So I, I went on to do a, a second one and then a third one of flora and a fourth one of things I'm grateful for. And I told them this is the last one because to be crocheting something, photographing it, making it into a meme and posting it every day is a lot of work. And after four alphabets, I had my fill. So... I had those, um, and I'd also decided to do a 100-day photographic project. So one day of, first day of lockdown, actually, I went out, I took a picture of a wildflower and said, okay, this is day one. And I researched a little bit about the flower, and I shared it on my Facebook page, and um, I think a couple of places. And I kept going for about, well, it was a 100-day project, I kept going after that <laughs> with flowers, because I kept finding new ones, um, finding out what they were checking out all their old uses. So I, I had these two, the alphabets and the flowers, and I wanted to do something with them. And a friend who actually had home educated and breastfed, um, and I'd met her years years ago actually helping her breastfeed, suggested a um, program that was running called Work It Out. And it was online at the time. And it was a, I think it was meant to be six weeks originally. Um, and through it, they encouraged you to start doing different things like self-publishing, be it an ebook. So I learned some of the technique of how to do things. Um, there was a, a lovely gentleman running some weekly Zooms on how to self-publish. And I, I published my Wildflower book, uh, my first two alphabet books. And then time moved on and this gentleman stopped doing it and I said, okay, um, it would be nice to have a book group still going so I'd start running it so I started running the book group and I have eight books as you say um I think my next book was my home education story felt during lockdown so many people were struggling with homeschooling and enforced homeschooling just to share our story so it was just a very simple book on how we home educated and how we we managed to to cover the various bits and pieces um all the questions like what about socialization just how we got through that. So I did that. And can I just say, so that it's called Home Education, My Story by Heather Rice. And you, you can actually, you can buy that. So how would, if, if somebody wanted to buy it, where would they find it? So it, they're on Amazon. Um, I know sometimes Amazon don't ship to Ireland. 
um, from the UK. So sometimes, I think all my books at the moment, you can, they, they, it changes when you put them up. Um, so if you can't get it on the, if it says sold out on UK Amazon, then look on the German Amazon. But you can get them that, yeah, any of my books are there. I have a, have a Amazon profile. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. And, and lo- lovely to read your story, like, because that will resonate with so many people. Um, but I think it's interesting that you say that during lockdown, because a, a lot of people, obviously, it was, it was enforced home education. So it was very different to the freedom that we, we talked about in the previous two um, parts to this, to this episode. But yeah, I think a lot of people, when they realized what it could mean, I suppose, once all the restrictions had lifted and everything, a lot of people continued to home educate. Like, that's our story. You know, I, I had always known about it, but and been very interested in it, but not have that kind of, I never had that, it was kind of kick up the bum to go like, okay, you know, we've started, so let's just continue. And um, so yeah, so it's great. And it's it's great to see how it evolved over time. And the last part of this episode of where you talk about, you know, what your children are doing, what they studied, how they, you know, how they found their passions through this freedom. Yeah, so that's that. It's a great um, book, and I've read it. Like I remember when you showed it to me, it was like I dropped everything and just read it from cover to cover, because it's yeah, it's such an important story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I think most things in life, if you have somebody else who's done it, you can learn from their mistakes, and you can see how what they did does it suit you or not. It just gives you something else to work with. So I think it's important to share. Um, yeah, stories like how, how we've managed to home educate and I think the reassurance to see children growing up and living life and happy. Um, somebody asked my children recently, would you home educate your own children? Do you think do you think it was good that you were at home? Would you prefer to have gone to school? And they've all said, no, actually, I think home education worked. Uh, a couple of them agreed, maybe mum should have pushed us a bit more to do more writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh really <laughs> maybe we could have improved our writing a bit but okay yeah, that's I interesting it's very hard <laughs> yeah but I, I always you know especially when they became teenagers it's self-motivated mm. and i really encouraged and when they got to fetac and university they discovered lots of people are last minute with essays and they're panicking and they always went okay i have a deadline i'll set my goals i'll do it in time um and if i need to do something i'll figure out how to do it i'll i'll you know, book the books from the library or whatever. Um, so I think they learned lots of very good life skills. Mm. And they only realized when they got to third level that not all people have that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's, it doesn't really matter what the previous, you know, um, with schooling or not schooling. But um, maybe to finish up, what I wanted to ask you was, um, is there any advice that you would give to let's say you know a family that's starting out on their home education journey a family like me who's you know we're maybe three years in um what advice would you give to us I think listen to your heart you know what's best for you and what's best for your child nobody else will know I've known families who they felt they should home educate but really they haven't felt comfortable doing it they were too anxious about where their children learning enough maybe they were too anxious about where their children seeing enough children um and it's no good if you're very anxious you know if it works for you great if it doesn't work for you that's okay 
maybe try a different school, try a different system. Um, follow your heart and you'll know in your heart where is best for your children and for you. Mm. If you are home educating, not to be too isolated, to connect with others. You know, we, we helped one of the, as one of the families to set up the home education network. Um, find local groups, find local people, get together with others. Um, and you won't get on brilliantly with everybody because that's not life. But you'll find the people you resonate with and you'll make friends and your children will make friends with people who'll probably be lifelong friends. You know, my, my children end up sharing houses with home educators. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's also probably very reassuring because you know them, you know their families, you know you know, their values and and all that. Whereas sometimes, like I, my first year in college, I didn't know anyone in the in the house. <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of like, okay. And um, yeah, like, so that is, that is a reassurance to know that they were with their friends and with your friends' children. <laughs> I'm sure some of their college friends when they came home did wonder because like they'd all known each other since they were very young and they had this whole common, they're almost like a big family. Um uh, and their way of doing things and their approach to life was quite well they all had their own personalities but they all got where each other was at mm. um so i think it was great for them all yeah yeah and i suppose the other thing that um is is, the, is to give yourself time if you are just starting off mm. it does take a while especially if your child has been in school they can there can be a lot of pushback um i just personally from i have you know my two older children one has been in school and she would push back against certain doing certain things because she would feel it was very too too schooly whereas my second child who's never been to school would be happy out doing and would devour a book you know and like he, I got him a maths book uh, in for for junior for the junior infants and in about two weeks it was done you know and it was kind of like okay you know what what do I do now <laughs> you know and so I got him the next one you know so but I suppose it does take time to Find your groove really, doesn't it? Yeah, and they say for every year a child's in school, they need at least a month to kind of decompress. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if your child was in for three or four years, you're talking three or four months before you start really pushing them. So have a, have a long summer holiday. Yeah, and then, and then just it's really about finding, finding what makes them tick and then go with that. Yeah, yeah, and what works for you. You know, if you're a mother or a parent who's quite anxious about how much they've learned. So maybe keep yourself a, a journal or a log. Maybe set yourself goals of what you're going to do. Um, or sit down and have, have a plan of, you know, what would they really like to do? Okay, we're going to do that through discovering the geography of the area. We're going to do that through, mm. you know, fi find a way of... You, you can bring literacy numeracy into everything and anything. Uh, I remember one day driving, driving as far as, I don't know, maybe Kildare. Not even Kildare, I don't know. Somewhere coming out of Dublin pulled into a small town and I turned to them, I passed them a map and I said, okay, direct me home. And every time they came to a traffic light or a roundabout, they told me where to go. And I followed, even if it wasn't where I'd go, we followed it. We got home eventually. We had a lot of laughs and I think some <laughs> ice cream, but um, their map reading skills and their whole sense of, okay, okay, we went the wrong way. Now what? Okay, we're heading the wrong way in the motorway. That's okay. We'll get off the next junction. You know, it was a great life skill and a very entertaining, you know, daft thing to do, but... Yeah, pr pretty fun, though, as well. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine that they'd be like, just give me just give me Google Maps, you know. What are you talking about, Mom? It'll bring us there. <laughs> you never know uh, when the World Wide Web will well, be down. <laughs> well, that's it. You don't, and you could go... There are still parts, there are still roads where 
you don't have any signal but um yeah so that's that sounds fun yeah you can bring fun into every type of learning and what I find incredible is the amount of learning I'm doing as we go and the things that I just did not know or didn't bother to really listen to as a child because it didn't interest me so now one of my favorite things that we do is history and I found that so boring as a child and and now I find it fascinating you know but anyway um yeah, it's, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to gain inspiration from all your experience because it's really, really remarkable what you and your children have created like and what you've done and continue to do. Um, and yeah, so just thank you so much for sharing this. I hope it's beneficial for more than just me, but if it's just me, even it's worth it. Thank you very much, Fiona. And that brings an end to this three-parter hooked on home education with my guest Heather Rice. Please stay tuned for my next podcast coming up soon. And thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.